The Anti-Defamation League and PayPal partnered to crack down on extremism. With daily death rates from COVID now lower than death rates from Alzheimer's, the media and Democrats pushed the panic button, and we examine who's really skipping the vaccination. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. The Ben Shapiro Show is sponsored by ExpressVPN. You have a right to privacy. Defend your rights at expressvpn.com. Slash Ben. Remember that time when the Biden administration said that inflation was transitory and then it just kept rising? And now they're saying, well, it might not be super transitory. Here's the thing, guys. You should diversify into something that is not controlled by the federal government. I'm talking, of course, about diversifying into precious metals. This is the time to declare your independence for your savings. Cut your ties to the US dollar. Invest in gold and silver with my friends at Birch Gold Group. If you haven't reached out to Birch Gold to diversify part of your IRA or 401k into a precious metals IRA, do it today. Text Ben to 474747. Get a free information kit on protecting your savings with gold. I buy my gold from Birch Gold. They've got an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. Countless five-star reviews, over 10,000 happy customers. Talk to them. Have them help you safeguard your investments. Text Ben to 474747 to claim your free information kit and to speak with a precious metals expert on holding gold and silver in a tax-sheltered account. Again, text my name, Ben, to 474747 to get started. Protect your savings today with the folks I trust over at Birch Gold. Text my name, Ben, to 474747 and claim that free information kit today. Okay, well, quick announcement. My new book, The Authoritarian Moment, is now out. You can go purchase it right now at any bookstore or online. Go check it out. The reason being, it is quite prescient. Okay, and today's today's story from the authoritarian front lines, this is an insane story, but this is the way the country is going to go. Neutral service providers. These are places that just used to provide you services. This is how you think of most of the businesses with which you engage in everyday life. Your insurance company is a neutral service provider. It is supposed to provide you service regardless of race, religion, or creed. Your supermarket, a neutral service provider. And Your credit card company is also supposed to be a neutral service provider. Well, certainly PayPal, which is a payment service, right? You use PayPal to pay your bills. That's supposed to be a neutral service provider. But one of the things that we have seen from an increasingly authoritarian left is the attempt to use all of these neutral service providers as bottlenecks that restrict your ability to speak freely as ways to crack down on the undesirables in the opinion community. We've seen this before. We've seen credit card companies, for example, say that you're not allowed to use their credit cards in order to purchase guns. This has become a major issue in the United States. You've also seen places like Amazon Web Services, Deplatform Parlor. Amazon Web Services is a neutral service provider. In the aftermath of January 6th, you saw Amazon Web Services at the behest of Democrats crack down on Parlor and kick it off its platform. It was removed from Google. It was removed from Apple Store. It was removed nearly everywhere by the tech companies. Again, all of which were supposed to be neutral service providers. This is the big debate over big tech. Big tech, Facebook, is supposed to be a neutral service provider. It is not supposed to crack down on you on the basis of your ideology. Now, there are folks on the left who suddenly become free market libertarians when it comes to this stuff, treating neutral service providers as though they are basically the Daily Wire. They can make whatever call they want about what content they can and cannot engage in. And technically, that's true. These are not government agencies. But When you have neutral service providers that overtly decide they're going to crack down on particular points of view, this is very bad for the country. And we are allowed to point out that this is very bad for the country, especially because we do have anti-discrimination law in this country. It applies to race. It applies to religion. It now applies to sexual orientation. The one thing it does not apply to is politics. Neutral service providers generally are allowed to deny you service on the basis of your politics. The problem is, of course, the left has politicized every single thing. Everything is political. So if you say, if you're if you're a baker, you say, I don't want to bake this cake for this same-sex wedding, they'll say, you are doing this not on the basis of politics, 
You're doing this not on the basis of worldview. You're doing this on the basis of animus. But if a baker says, I'm not going to bake a cake for your biblical party, then the idea is that's politics. So everything that the left wants to censor goes in the politics basket. And everything that the left wants to force you to do goes in the immutable characteristic basket that you're not allowed to discriminate against. So the left's categories break down into the stuff you're not allowed to discriminate against and the stuff you are allowed to discriminate against. Everything that is remotely conservative goes in the things you're allowed to discriminate against basket. Everything else goes in the things you're not allowed to discriminate against basket. So when we talk about neutral service providers, increasingly neutral service providers will not discriminate on the basis of anything except for conservative politics. Okay, this is why the story that is now coming out about PayPal and the Anti-Defamation League is scary. So the Anti-Defamation League used to be a much more bipartisan, it was always a left-leaning organization, but it was sort of a bipartisan organization, largely focused on fighting anti-Semitism that was broadened out to include discrimination of all sorts. Now the Anti-Defamation League is basically a Democratic front group, unfortunately. The Anti-Defamation League, in the aftermath of Abe Foxman's retirement, has basically become a a sort of talking points organization for the left in a similar way to the Southern Poverty Law Center. Right? The basic idea of the ADL is that you have to focus deeply in anytime there is a, a Republican who does something anti-Semitic. This is worthy of unending scorn and ridicule. Fair enough. But if you've got the squad in the Democratic Party saying overtly anti-Semitic stuff for years on end, this is stuff that requires maybe a little bit of tutting. But at that point, you sort of let it go. In any case, the Anti-Defamation League is now working with PayPal, a neutral, a neutral service provider in order to crack down on content. And they say that they're cracking down on extremist content. The problem, of course, is that the left has a really, really bad habit. And that habit is conflating everything they don't like with extremist content. In the same way that the January 6th commission is largely going to be about conflating all Republican and conservative ideology with January 6th and saying that if you supported Donald Trump in 2020, it's because you wanted January 6th to happen. Or by the way, even if you thought that the election was decided by fraud, that that makes you a January 6th compatriot, Okay, like I don't agree that, that November 4th was decided by fraud. I think that Trump lost the election. But there is even a distinction between the people who went and protested that day and the people who actually committed the criminal act of going onto the Capitol grounds, breaking in and threatening people. Okay, but the left wants to wrap all of this up in a ball. In the same way, what the, what the left would like to do is broaden out the rubric of extremism, dangerous speech, dangerous incitement, to include pretty much everybody on the right. And now they're going to weaponize neutral service providers in order to basically excise you from the community of people who get to participate in the services of a neutral service provider. So according to the Anti-Defamation League, here is their, here is their press release yesterday. And this is dangerous, dangerous stuff because this is going to be the model going forward. You've seen this increasingly. Advertisers are being told, you can advertise with MSNBC, you can't advertise with Fox News. You have Democrats who are openly pushing the FCC to crack down on dissemination of channels like Fox News. You saw NPR last week trying to push Facebook to deplatform Daily Wire for no reason other than we're conservative, right? They said we don't lie. They said that we don't engage in conspiracy theories. They said that we're openly conservative and we should be suppressed anyway. The goal here is to take businesses, again, which are not subject to First Amendment restrictions because they're businesses, and through both governmental and social pressure, get them to bottleneck free speech. That's the goal here. So here's the ADL's press release. Quote, PayPal Holdings, in partnership with ADL, today announced a new partnership initiative to fight extremism and hate through the financial industry and across at-risk communities. This is the latest effort by PayPal in combating racism, hate, and extremism across its platforms and the industry. Through this collaboration, PayPal and ADL have launched a research effort to address the urgent need to understand how extremism and hate movements throughout the United States are attempting to leverage financial platforms to fund criminal activity. Okay, so if we're talking about how PayPal should not be engaged in criminal activity, 
or should be restricting its ability to restricting the ability of people to use their platform to engage in criminal activity. Fine. We have those sorts of regulations with regard to all sorts of financial transactions. We have those regulations put in place, many of them, directly after 9-11. This is why if you're transferring over $10,000, for example, you need to have basically a delay and the federal government checks into it and all of that. Okay, but that's not the entirety of what PayPal and the, and the ADL are doing. According to Aaron Karsmer, the chief risk officer and EVP of risk and platforms at PayPal, quote, by identifying partners across sectors with common goals and complementary resources, we can make an even greater impact than any of us could do on our own. We're excited to partner with the ADL, other nonprofits, and law enforcement in our fight against hate in all of its forms. So first of all, I am very uneasy with the, with the rubric of, quote, hate in all of its forms, because as we have seen, many on the left perceive anything on the right to be hateful that they disagree with. Right? If you believe, for example, that men are men and women are women, this means that you are a hate monger, according to the left, and you should be suppressed. So I have some real difficulty in the language here. If they want to say we're, we're cracking down on criminality, that's not even worthy of a press release. That's what you should be doing. Businesses should, of course, always be fighting criminality and illegality. But that's not what we're talking about here, as becomes pretty clear as this press release goes on. The initiative with PayPal will be led through ADL's Center on Extremism, a leading authority on extremism, terrorism, and hate. PayPal and ADL will focus on uncovering and disrupting the financial pipelines that support extremist and hate movements. In addition to extremist and anti-government organizations, the initiative will focus, here we go, the initiative will focus on actors and networks spreading and profiting from all forms of hate and bigotry against any community. Now we're getting kind of broad, aren't we? We went from people engaging in criminal activity or people associated with criminal organizations to focusing on, quote, actors and networks spreading and profiting from all forms of hate and bigotry against any community. Now, again, this makes me very uneasy because I do not think that the left is uh, particularly circumspect in how they approach questions of hate and bigotry. As we have seen, the president of the United States this doddering old quote-unquote moderate, has spent the last several months declaring that if you're in favor of voter ID, it's because you are akin to a Jim Crow racist. So no, I don't think that the ADL has any monopoly on defining hate and bigotry. I think the left has a, a horrific habit of declaring everyone they dislike a hateful bigot. And I, I don't think they have any restrictive principles here at all. So you put that on top of PayPal, and now PayPal says, okay, well, you want to subscribe to Daily Wire or you want to subscribe to Daily Caller, or you want to subscribe to Fox Nation? Well, you know what they've been doing over there. Now, Tucker Carlson, white supremacist, Ben Shapiro, hate monger. Well, I guess we can't use your, your platform anymore in order to, like, you can see where this is going, and it is nowhere good. Again, if you are attempting to crack down on criminal activity, I got no problem at all. And the nice thing about criminal activity is it's a bright line, because criminal activity has statutorily defined terms. That is not the case with hate and bigotry. It's why we don't prosecute hate and bigotry in the United States the way they attempt to in Europe or Canada, which is a very good thing. We should not prosecute hate and bigotry in the United States because it is a fungible term. It is an empty vessel that you can fill with anyone you don't like. Jonathan Greenblatt, the CEO of the ADL, says, quote, all of us, including in the private sector, have a critical role to play in fighting the spread of extremism and hate. With this new initiative, we're setting a new standard for companies to bring their expertise to critical social issues. We have a unique opportunity to further understand how hate spreads and develop key insights that will inform the efforts of the financial industry, law enforcement, and our communities in mitigating extremist threats. According to the press release, PayPal and ADL will work closely with organizations like the United Latin American Centers to protect marginalized communities against extremism. 
They will work closely with them to share trends and hate with marginalized and vulnerable communities and with the goal of helping to empower and safeguard those communities, which are frequently targets of hate groups and extremist acts. So you can see how this is going to bleed from here's a group that participates in criminal activity. We should crack down on that, too. Here are the kinds of people that members of this group might like to watch. And let's stop them. And you can no longer patronize those sites. The militarization of neutral service providers in order to avoid the strictures of the First Amendment is a deep and abiding problem in American life. There are only two possible remedies. One is actual regulation that adds discrimination on the basis of politics to anti-discrimination law, which is, I think, the way a lot of states are going to go. Now that we've created a whole rubric of anti-discrimination law, much of which is in violation of basic First Amendment principles, by the way, right? You can be against discrimination and also recognize that anti-discrimination law really, really impedes on freedom of association as well as freedom of speech. Right? Both things can be true at once. That racism is terrible. And also in the United States, you do have a right to say racist things. Both of those things can be true at once. In the same way that in the United States, I think pornography is terrible. And still, the Supreme Court has declared that you have the right to buy pornography if you're an adult. Right? Just because there is a, a quote unquote right to do something does not mean that you always approve of the use of the right. However, if we are going to have an anti-discrimination rubric in the United States and we are going to say it's not OK to discriminate against people on the basis of everything from identifying as a member of the opposite sex to race, like that entire broad spectrum, then the notion the only people who can be discriminated against are, are white conservatives uh, seems to be a bit of a problem. You're going to see states fight back against that. That's one possibility. The other is we're just going to get two separate sets of service providers, one for conservatives and one for liberals. And listen, we here on the right, I'm happy to make money off of that. You know, because if there if there's going to be a right wing PayPal, I'm happy to found it and I'm happy to have people use it. It's fine with me. I'll make a lot of money. It is horrible for the country. As neutral spaces disappear, we have no relationship with the people who live next door to us. And that means the, the further polarization and split in the country, all of which I talk about in the new book, The Authoritarian Moment. But it is a deep problem. It's getting worse every single day. Already, in just one second, we're going to talk about the new covid cramdown. Because the, the amount of panic that is being evidenced by the media over what's going on with the Delta variant is wildly out of proportion with the actual facts. I'm going to show you some stats that people apparently don't care about. And it, it's pretty alarming how, how insane people have gotten about this. We'll get to that in one second first. There are a thousand reasons why protecting my home matters to me. If somebody stops by or something is going on, I know that Ring will let me know. And that's great. I've got three little kids running around. Sometimes you're outside and you turn around. And your five-year-old's gone. You're like, uh-oh, where'd my five-year-old go? Good news. Pull up the phone. Boom. I've got the Ring app. I know exactly where my five-year-old is. He's in the other room making trouble. Ring has a special offer right now. Go to ring.com forward slash Ben. It's the perfect way to start your Ring experience with Ring's home security system. When anyone stops by or you sense something going on outdoors around the house, you know Ring has every corner of your home covered. One of the best benefits, you install the products yourself. The whole process is hassle-free. Your whole home is protected with easy-to-install indoor and outdoor cams. And the cams work seamlessly with Ring Alarm. See what's happening from anywhere, all in one very simple app. When my wife and I are out of town, we want to keep an eye on the kids. We pull up the Ring app and we know exactly what is going on. It is peace of mind for both me and my wife. Protect your home anytime from anywhere with Ring Alarm. Go to ring.com slash Ben for a special offer on a Ring Alarm security kit today. You can build the system that's right for your home. Have it up and running in minutes. That's ring.com slash Ben. Again, ring.com slash Ben. Alrighty, so let's talk about the current COVID power grab. And at this point, it is an endless power grab because the stats just do not back the idea that we should be putting mandatory masking provisions in place or that on a broad scale, 
we should be mandating that every single human get the vaccine. I think there are certain situations in which businesses have some fairly good reasons to mandate that their employees get the vaccine. I think that that is basically restricted, in my opinion, to healthcare providers. If you're working at a hospital, you're dealing every day, every single day with people with unique vulnerabilities, many of whom could not get the vaccine. The idea that you should not be a vector of transmission if you're going to work at the hospital, that makes some sense to me. But we're going way beyond that. So first of all, let's start with what is the situation with COVID right now? Because I'm going to show you the actual charts that apparently nobody wants to show you. It's unbelievable that nobody wants to show you these charts. Okay, so let's begin with deaths in the United States from COVID-19. Okay, so first, what is the seven-day rolling average? So according, this is according to the New York Times, by the way, these stats are from the New York Times. The seven-day rolling average as of yesterday of deaths in the United States from COVID-19 was 269. So let's put that by way of contrast. Every day in the United States from Alzheimer's, about 330 people die. Every day, about 1,800 people in the United States die of heart disease. At the height of the pandemic, in excess of 4,000 people were dying a day from COVID. So we are down by a factor of somewhere between 10 and 20 in terms of how many people are dying per day from COVID. And that, that should not be an alarming stat to you. I mean, if, if you are alarmed by the fact that 270 people a day are dying of COVID to the point where you're talking about nationwide mask mandates, lock it all down, don't go back to work. I don't know what to tell you. You've lost the thread. I mean, you can look at this chart just graphically. You can look at the chart that I'm looking at right now. We are now at the lowest rate of death that we have been since literally the beginning of the pandemic. Right? Even in the middle of last summer, when we had that bit of a lull, we weren't down to the seven-day rolling average. Okay, that's for the United States more broadly. Okay, how about some of the specific states that are now considering more lockdowns? Let's start with New York. Here is the case average from New York. Back at the height of the pandemic in New York, you saw this around the beginning of the year, you were seeing over 15,000 cases a day diagnosed in New York State. The seven-day rolling average of cases diagnosed in New York State is now about 1,500. Okay, so they are down by, again, a factor of 10, over 10. Okay, so that is... um. That is good. I mean, that's good. What's even more good is the fact that as there's an increase in cases, we have not seen a consummate increase in deaths. Okay, here is deaths from New York. The seven-day rolling average of deaths in the entire state of New York, a state of about 19 million people, the average deaths in New York, again, these are New York Times stats, five. The seven-day rolling average, five deaths a day from COVID. And we're talking now about mask mandates and about state employee mandates. Five deaths, eight, eight, five, okay? I can count them literally on a hand, five. That's how many fingers I have, incredibly enough. Okay, uh, the New York Times reports that as of July 25th, there were nine deaths in New York from COVID. There, there were, you can see the chart, you can see. Okay, last year at the worst of the pandemic in New York, when the thing was first starting, you were seeing a thousand deaths a day. You are down to five in New York. Count them, five in the entire state of New York. Okay, so you saw the case rate going up? Right again? You can look at the deaths. Deaths are not mirroring the case rate. We've now disconnected the case rate from the deaths, which was the point of the vaccine. We have been successful. You would think now would be a great time to declare victory. Democrats can't do it. Okay, let's take a look at Florida. So Florida is, of course, the worst state in America. Terrible, horrible. Oh my God, Florida. Oh no, horrible. Okay, so Florida is seeing a radical uptick in the number of diagnosed cases. The cases are being diagnosed largely among people who are younger and healthier because all the olds in Florida already got the vaccine. My parents are 65. They got the vaccine. Everyone they know had the vaccine. Hey, if you come to our offices, apparently I'm the only one who got the vaccine because the only people who got the vaccine are people who felt themselves to be particularly vulnerable. Now, do I think that's good logic? No, I got the vaccine. My wife got the vaccine. 
We're both young. We're both healthy, thank God. But here's the thing. So Florida right now is being just clubbed about the ears by the media. Look at Florida. My God, look at the number of cases being diagnosed in Florida. Oh my, the whole, Rondis, death, Santis. Hey, the seven-day rolling average of new cases is about 10,500 in the, in the state of Florida. Okay, which we are now approaching levels that were about what it was, the height of the pandemic, right? Which is in January. We're seeing about 15,000 new cases a day. Hey, so you are seeing a radical increase in case rate in Florida. Now, let's look at the deaths in Florida. The deaths in Florida... <laughs> I'm sorry, like, you're treating this as a crisis. Like, okay, so over the weekend, my kids got a cold. I have a little bit of a cold right now. Is this a public health crisis? No, because none of us are going to die from the cold. Diagnosis of a condition, if you don't die and you don't get seriously ill, is not a public health crisis. Okay, so what is the seven-day rolling average in the state of Florida? Again, according to the New York Times, the seven-day rolling average of death in the state of Florida is 39. 39. And it has not risen. It's actually been on the decline since approximately mid-April, basically since the vaccines started to go out. At the height of the pandemic, in January, you were seeing sometimes in excess of 200 deaths a day. So we are down from the height of the pandemic in Florida, from well over 200 deaths a day to 39 deaths a day. And yet this is considered 39. And by the way, there are 21 million people who live in Florida. I'm sorry, this is not a public health crisis any longer. It is not. Now, it doesn't mean on an individual level that if, you get unva- if you're unvaccinated, you don't have risk factors. Certainly you do. It does mean that the job of the government here, the sort of panic of the government is unjustified. Let's look quickly at the cases from California. Okay, quickly, the cases from California, you can see that they are rising. Okay, and they're rising fairly steadily. Okay, they're up to about 3,000 cases a day. Their seven-day rolling average is like 6,400 cases in a day. At the height of the pandemic in California, there were 42,000 cases a day, 1740 and 50,000 cases a day. So now they're at about like 6,000. So they're way down. How about their deaths? Where are they in California in terms of deaths? They are down at approximately 20. Their seven-day rolling average is 20 deaths. They were in excess, well in excess of 500 deaths a day at the height of the pandemic. So does any of this justify all of the lockdown talk and the masking talk and the panic talk? Of course it doesn't. None of this justifies that. Okay, so those are the stats. I just gave them to you. Those are more stats than the media apparently are going to give you. They give you fact, like they give you facts without any level of context. You know, if fact checkers had any brains in their head, that's the context they would check. They'll be like, wow, look at that. The case rate in, in California is up 40% over, over, yeah, what's the death rate like? Well, look at that. The death rate's up 40%. Oh, you mean it went from like two to three? Like, well done, guys. Okay, so let's talk for a second about who is not getting vaccinated. Because the narrative is, it's all the Trump supporters, the evil, evil Trump supporters. And the reason that this narrative has been drawn by the left is because this is about the blame game at this point. See, here's the thing. The rationale for control is now gone. We had emergency protocols that were taken last year. And the thing about members of the government is they love emergency protocols. It is their favorite thing in all the land. They love it when there is an emergency and then they get to declare unilateral power. This is considered an unending good. And the best way to declare unending power is to declare a never-ending crisis. It's to say the crisis is not over until everyone can walk outside in the free air, regardless of vaccinated or unvaccinated status, and not have to worry about COVID at all. Zero COVID. Now, no one in the scientific community seriously thought zero COVID was a real goal. No one thought that. No one of any serious bent of mind thought that was the case. As I've said 1,000 times, 
At the very beginning of the pandemic, the goal was don't swamp the hospitals. Then it became wait till the vaccine gets out there. Then it was make sure that everybody has the option to get the vaccine. We're there. It's over. If you don't get the vaccine, on you. If you do get the vaccine, good for you. We're done. Okay, the public health requires... The involvement of the public health authorities in preventing the transmission of a disease from, for example, a vaccinated person to a person who voluntarily decided not to get vaccinated, this does not involve the government, and it should not involve the government at this point. But the media have to come up with a rationale for why the pandemic is not over. See, here's the thing. I believe the pandemic, for all public health purposes, is not over in the sense that that COVID isn't killing people. It's 100% killing people. But from the perspective of government, the job of government is now done. It is over. The government has done what it was supposed to do. It mobilized. It provided the vaccine in record time in terms of the, it was actually the private industry that did that, but it subsidized that. It tranched it out. Now the government has no more job here. And now the emergency powers recede. Just as in a war, when the war is over, that doesn't mean there aren't still soldiers overseas. There are. It does mean that the wartime powers of the government recede with it. But because the Democrats last year declared that there were only two ways to view the pandemic. One was The evil people wanted to live with the disease and the good people, the morally righteous and pure people, they wanted zero COVID. This meant that if you were not morally righteous, you wanted to kill grandmother, right? This meant that if you said, you know, younger people may have to go back to work and grandma may have to lock down until we have a vaccine. This meant that you were evil and bad. Well, now Democrats have to come around to the reality, which is that all the people who said we're going to have to learn to live with this were correct. All of those people were right. Ron DeSantis was right. Sweden was right. The basic idea, which is that in the future, you're going to have to protect the most vulnerable and allow everybody else to live their life. All of those people were correct. And the stats are showing that they were correct. But instead of just going back and saying, you know what? That's right. We really shouldn't go back to lockdown policies. We really shouldn't be trying to cram down on individuals, violations of their freedom in defiance of the science, by the way. We shouldn't. Instead, the left has declared that the pandemic isn't over because, again, Defining the pandemic is over means their powers go away and it means they were wrong last year. So instead, they have to say, no, the pandemic is still ongoing. And the reason it's ongoing can't be our incompetence because we're the ones in charge. We did a great job. It's you. It is you, the Trump supporters who did this. Well, there's only one problem with this. The real problem with the unvaccinated in the United States is generally not Trump supporters. The real problem with the unvaccinated in the United States are people who are living in blue cities. Okay, the, the major upticks that you are seeing in the United States, as always, in terms of vast death, tend to be in highly populated areas. Because when it comes to communicable diseases, if you're in close proximity to a lot of other people, you tend to transmit the virus more. You tend to get the virus more. If Bob out in the boonies of Wyoming is living by himself on a ranch and doesn't get the vaccine, that affects no one because he sees one person at the feed store every week. If you are working in the healthcare system in New York and you see lots of people and you don't have the vaccine, you are a more dangerous threat to others in terms of transmitting the virus than Bob in Wyoming, who voted for Trump. And this is the part the media just don't want to cover, because according to the media, again, it's all the right wingers. Right. Gavin Newsom, the governor of California, has come up with this. Right. He says, well, you know, it's, it's the right, the evil right. If only the right would just get vaxxed then all of this would be over. Here's Gavin Newsom, a terrible governor of California. Those 25 percent that have remained unvaccinated, what do you attribute that to in your state? Well, overwhelming majority of misinformation by right wing pundits, period, full stop. Time to be a little bit more specific. The Ron Johnsons of the world, the Marjorie Taylor Greens of the world, the Tucker Carlson's of the world. I watch them. I listen. I pay attention. They're misinforming people. They're literally putting people's lives at risk. People are dying because of the misinformation, either knowingly or unknowingly. Regardless, time to call it out. 
Okay, so there's only one problem with this theory, right? It says that all the Trump supporters, all the Tucker Carlson watchers, by the way, Tucker has a really popular show. Four million people a night, three and a half million people a night watch that show. Um, They're literally 40% of the population of a 330 million country aren't vaccinated at this point, right? Including tens of millions of adults. Tucker's audience is like 4 million people. So no. Also, who actually is unvaccinated? So Jim Garrity points out that the people who are largely unvaccinated in terms of the dangers that are being provided are people in big cities. Hey, Jim Garrity of National Review. Hey, for example, as of this weekend, 41% of New York City residents were not vaccinated. Probably they're all Trump supporters, right? Trump won 22% of the vote in New York City. Total. 41% of New York City residents are not vaccinated. Who do you think is providing more of a danger for transmission? Bob at the feed store in Wyoming, a totally red state, or Jill in New York City, who has a woo-woo perspective on vaccines and uh, and decided not to get vaccinated like 40% of her compatriots in New York City. In Chicago, 43% of residents are not vaccinated. Trump carried 24% of the vote in all of Cook County. In Chicago, by the way, less of the vote in Chicago proper. 43% of the residents. See, you notice that the media have completely ignored the fact that there is a vast racial gap in the amount of vaccination being done. Basically, it goes like this. Asians are getting vaccinated at a very high rate. Whites are getting vaccinated at the next highest rate. And then it goes, I believe, Hispanics and blacks and Native Americans. Okay, they don't want to talk about that because according to the left, if you're black and you don't get vaccinated, that's because you recall the evils of the Tuskegee experiments. But if you're white and you're not getting vaccinated, it's because you're an evil Tucker Carlson supporter. Whatever the rationale, the people who are not getting vaccinated in the big cities are not Trump supporters which bespeaks why people are not getting vaccinated, which, which we'll get to in a minute. But again, the baseline notion that the media have trotted out there in their dichotomous view of the world is that every person who's not getting vaccinated, the great evils out there, it is all because of the right-wing misinformation. Everybody who's getting vaccinated is a good little Biden voter. That's not true. Okay, it's not true. So we now have a couple of untruths. One, that this pandemic still requires massive government, inter- government intervention. It does not. And two, that the people who are not getting vaccinated and must be cudgeled into getting vaccinated are people who are Trump supporters. And this means we have to stifle misinformation, et cetera, et cetera. The people who are not getting vaccinated in blue states and in big cities all over the place, even in red states in big cities, are generally not Trump supporters. In L.A. County, only 30 percent of residents are vaccinated. Trump won 26 percent of the vote in 2020 of L.A. County. So Gavin Newsom goes on TV And he's asked, why aren't people getting vaccinated? And Gavin Newsom, that dolt, his answer is, well, it's because they're all watching Tucker. Really, does Tucker have huge audiences in L.A. County that I missed? Again, I disagree with a lot of what Tucker, like I am, I don't know how many times I have to say this. I am the most pro-vaccine person on the right. Okay, I love the vaccines. I think they're a medical miracle. I think they're incredible. I got it. My wife got it. I've been, and I've been utterly consistent on this. I've said this since the very beginning of the pandemic. Vaccines are... I've been pro-vaccine since before vaccine and non-vaccine, since that was was a cool topic of conversation, right? I've been very pro-vaccine for a very long time. LA County is not a hotbed of right-wing activity. Maricopa County, Arizona, which includes Phoenix, 52% of the residents are not vaccinated. Trump only won 48% of the vote there in 2020. In Harris County, Texas, which includes Houston, 48% are not vaccinated. Trump only won 43% of that county. In Philadelphia, 37% of the residents are unvaccinated. Trump won a grand total of 17.9% of the vote there in 2020. In Multnomah County, under 63% have at least one dose. So 37% are unvaccinated. Trump won 18% of that county in 2020. Now, you can go on this all day. The notion that the only people who are unvaccinated in the United States are evil Trump supporters is just a lie. 
And by the way, in New York, it gets even worse. According to Garrity, after seven months, 40% of New York City educators are not vaccinated. So remember all of those teachers who were like, we can never go back to school because there's a danger to us. It's so dangerous. Man, it's dangerous. None of those teachers are bothering to get vaccinated, apparently. Only 60% have gotten vaccinated. Okay, this is from the New York City Mayor's Office, the MTA, and the Department of Corrections in New York Post. The percentage of New York City workers who have been vaccinated by their various agencies in New York. Okay, only 60% of teachers in the Department of Education have been vaccinated. Only 43% of NYPD has been vaccinated. Only 51% of the fire department in New York City has been vaccinated. Most shockingly, I mean, this is unbelievable. Only 60% of New York City health and hospitals has been vaccinated, which is nuts. New York was the epicenter of this thing. You would figure that if people in the hospitals saw, you know, freezer trucks filled with bodies stacked outside, that might get them vaccinated. Apparently not. Four in 10 people working for New York health and hospitals have decided not to get vaccinated. In the Department of Corrections, only 42% of people are vaccinated, despite the fact that jails are hotspots. And in the MTA, only 65% of workers are vaccinated. Apparently all right-wingers, all right-wingers, right? Because it is very, very important, it is deeply important that we have this Manichaean view of exactly how vaccination works and how it does not work. Here's Gavin Newsom again, comparing the unvaccinated to drunk drivers, which is pretty crazy considering that the difference between, like, if you are a drunk driver, you drink, and then the externality is you hit somebody else and you kill them. If you're unvaccinated, it's, it's actually more as though, if you're going to compare the unvaccinated to drunk drivers, which is an insulting and silly comparison, if you're going to make that comparison, it's like saying that only drunk drivers are on the road with each other, right? Because the vaccinated are protected. That's what vaccines do. Here is Gavin Newsom again doing the moral high horse routine after going to the French laundry and uh, enjoying himself in the middle of the pandemic. We don't even have to have that debate if we can just get everybody vaccinated that's not vaccinated, that's refusing to get vaccinated, that's living uh, vaccine free and impacting the rest of us. It's like drunk drivers. You don't have the right to go out and drink and drive and put everybody else at risk, including your own life at risk. California is one of the highest vaccination rates in America, but yet we're still seeing an increase because so many people, 25 percent in California, uh, are refusing to get vaccinated. It's just, it's an incredible thing. It's an incredible. So here's the real question. Why is there no trust? Right, so I'm saying that it's not, you know, just the right-wing misinformation and the anti-vax stuff and, and all that. It's not just that. There's a systemic problem with institutional trust in America. The same people who are on TV yelling at you that you need to get the vaccine, you don't trust. And the reason you don't trust them is because they have been lying to you. It's amazing. All these people, they, they never have a moment where they look in the mirror and they're like, why isn't anyone listening to me about the vaccine? It's, it's all, every, everything in public life right now is Principal Skinner from The Simpsons saying, is it me? It can't be me. It's the children who are wrong. Always and forever. They're all Principal Skinner. It's the children who are wrong. Maybe it's you. Maybe it's you guys. We'll get to that in just one second. First, let's talk about your lack of energy. So, you know, if you're like me, you lead a very busy life, you got a lot going on, you got kids, you're running after them all day, you need a boost of energy. It can be overwhelming to perform at your best as you age. You got a career, you got family, trying to stay in shape. Life can get stressful. You start to slow down. You're not present when you want to be. To perform at your best physically and mentally, you can't let age beat you. This is where M-Drive can help. M-Drive is the daily supplement for driven men who don't want to slow down, who refuse to be tired every day, who want to be the best at what they do. It is packed with clinically tested ingredients that support healthy testosterone levels while helping you lose weight and stay lean. Added vitamins and nutrients reduce stress and boost your drive so you can perform at your best. 
Find it at Walgreens and other retailers or visit mdrive4men.com. Get 20% off your first order with promo code BEN. They have free shipping and a 60-day money-back guarantee, so you've got nothing to lose. MDrive is not for everyone. It's for the driven. mdrive4men.com. Use promo code BEN. Get you that boost that you need. mdrive4men.com. Get 20% off your first order with promo code BEN. Free shipping, 60-day money-back guarantee. Nothing to lose. mdrive4men.com. Promo code BEN. Now, guys, reminder, I have some unbelievably exciting news for you today. My newest book, The Authoritarian Moment. It is on bookshelves today. Yes, today is the big day. I've been awaiting it for months. Honestly, I wish this book had come out three months ago, four months ago, like right when I finished it. But it is immediate and it is a a necessary read, especially if you want to fight back against the creeping authoritarianism you see all around you in the institutions. I will be doing a live stream book signing tonight, this very evening, 7.30 p.m. Eastern, 6.30 p.m. Central at dailywire.com, Ben Shapiro YouTube and Ben Shapiro Facebook. So, if you'd like to add this newest book to your autographed collection, go to dailywire.com slash Ben. Get yourself a copy right now for only 30 bucks. That's a pretty good deal if you ask me. I mean, 30 bucks for a keepsake you can hand on to your grandchildren? Especially because when you purchase the signed book, you will be given the chance to submit a question for me to answer on tonight's live signing. Here's how it works. When you purchase your signed copy, you'll be asked to type in a question at checkout. Then you can catch tonight's live signing. See if I answer your question, watch me sign your very book. If I don't get to your question, don't worry. You'll still get your signed copy. So... What exactly are you waiting for? Add to your collection by going to dailywire.com slash Ben right now. Tune in tonight to watch. That's 7.30 p.m. Eastern, 6.30 p.m. Central over at dailywire.com, Ben Shapiro YouTube, and Ben Shapiro Facebook. And mark your calendars because tomorrow we'll be doing an episode of Backstage with special guest Candace Owens. We'll be discussing how communism keeps trying to work its way into American society. You're not going to want to miss it. You are listening to the largest, fastest growing conservative podcast and radio show in the nation. Alrighty, so not, the reason that, that a lot of people are not vaccinating, according to the left, of course, it's the right and Tucker Carlson and all of that. But the real reason that nobody is, or a few, a bunch of people are not vaccinated, including a lot of people in blue states, is because institutional trust is down. Now, the left believes that the institutions should be trusted no matter what, because institutions are more important than actual human beings. This is why you will hear people like Anthony Fauci say, if you contradict me, it's because you don't believe in the science, the science, right? And it's like, well, no, you're not the science trademark. Right? You are actually just a scientist and apparently you know, very often a, a guy who makes mistakes about that. The institutional trust problem continues unabated. You can't trot out Andrew Cuomo to kill all the olds in New York and then also trot out Andrew Cuomo to be your lead spokesperson on Get the Vax. You can't, you can't do that. It's just not going to be effective. And yet that's exactly what's happening. So here was Andrew Cuomo yesterday explaining that you should get vaccinated, which by the way, I agree with. But when Andrew Cuomo says it, I'm like, I'm not sure I that you are the proper spokesperson for this, especially when you say things like this, right? Andrew Cuomo, who lied about like half a dozen things in in his state, he says, I've told you the truth since day one. Hmm. I have told you the facts on COVID from day one. Whether they were easy, whether they were hard, I told you the truth. While a lot of people were talking politics, and a lot of people were talking theory, and a lot of people were trying to deny because they didn't want to deliver bad news. I told you the truth. You know why? Because I believe in you. Oh, you, oh, oh. Why won't people trust our institutions? The man is still covering up how many people died in nursing homes by reclassifying people who got sick in nursing homes and lived in nursing homes as not dying in nursing homes if they died in a hospital. 
Meanwhile, you've got Jen Psaki over at the White House. She was asked specifically, you know, there are some people who are infected at the White House by the Texas Democrats who showed up on their doorstep. By the way, I, I am amused. The Texas Democrats are um, now doing like GoFundMe fundraisers for ramen or something. It's like, I'm pretty sure they can afford that. Like, do they have credit cards? How does that work? In any case, apparently they infected a bunch of Democrats in the White House. And Jen Psaki was asked, who in the White House has a COVID infection? Here was her answer. Has the White House had any additional staffers test positive for COVID-19? I think, again, our policy, just to reiterate it, which we announced last week, is that if there's a, an individual who is uh, has close proximity to any of the four principles as defined by the White House medical unit in line with CDC guidelines on what that looks like, we will then make that information available and immediately public to all of you. So that has not been the case since we announced that policy, no. Uh, so I'm supposed to trust you guys about like COVID vaccinations and COVID infections, and you won't even say who in the White House has COVID. And by the way, this was not the rule during the Trump administration. If a low level Trump administration official got COVID and it was like, okay, that was big national news. Meanwhile, Joe Biden gets irritated by even being asked questions. So yesterday there was an announcement from the Veterans Administration that if you work in a VA hospital, they're going to mandate that you get vaccinated, which actually I got to say, I don't think is like the world's worst policy. Again, if you're working in a hospital, you're literally working with people who are ill and have serious pre-existing conditions every single day, many of whom can't get vaccinated. So that's a different situation than you're working a bus at the MTA. Okay, but that's not really the point. The point here is that Joe Biden gets angry when people ask him questions. The first rule, by the way, of, of convincing people to believe you as an authority figure is explaining yourself. Joe Biden never wants to explain himself because he's sort of an old crotchety dude who, who believes that everybody should just believe what he has to say. You are such a pain in the neck, but I'm going to answer your question because you've known each other for so long. It has nothing to do with Iraq. The answer, no. <laughs> I'll answer your question. Yes, Veteran Affairs is going to, in fact, require that all docs working in that and facilities are going to have to be vaccinated. You're such a pain in the neck. You're a pain in the neck. If you ask questions to Joe Biden, you're a pain in the neck. Jen Psaki, yesterday, she suggested that we're going to continue to keep travel bans in place from various places on Earth, despite the fact that it's not working. Right? The Delta variant is already widely seeded in the United States. There is no data to suggest that preventing travel from Europe to the United States is going to cut down on the number of infections in the United States, considering that the Delta variant is running roughshod through the population that is unvaccinated. But here she is, again, proposing policies that don't make sense. Given where we are today, and I think you've seen this, and those of you who have asked, we've confirmed this for, with the Delta variant, we will maintain existing travel restrictions at this point for a few reasons. The more transmissible Delta variant is spreading, both here and around the world. Driven by the Delta variant, cases are rising here at home, particularly among those who are unvaccinated and appear likely to continue in the weeks ahead. Okay, maybe the reason why people don't trust any of these authority figures is because these authority figures have not earned the trust of the American people. By the way, there's a bipartisan failure here. If you don't explain your policy and you don't do it clearly and concisely and you don't take seriously concerns, nobody is going to pay attention to you. And instead, the move of the left is to browbeat. And I think there, there's a specific political reason for that. Because if you browbeat, then you can treat anybody who doesn't listen as an enemy. Instead of trying to convince people to do the things you think they should do, instead, you just yell at them and you don't explain things to them. And then when they don't do it, you say, ah, you are the problem. You're the problem. We'll get to more on this in just one second. First, 
Not only do blinds enhance the aesthetic appeal of your home, they also offer practical benefits. By effectively blocking out harmful UV rays, they help protect your furniture and flooring from fading, ensuring your interiors retain their beauty for years to come. Their insulating properties help regulate the temperature inside your home, keeping it comfortable year-round while potentially reducing your energy bills. With over 40,000 five-star reviews, Blinds.com is the number one online retailer of custom window coverings. You can measure and install them yourself or have Blinds.com send local professionals to take care of the installation for you. There's no showroom, no retail markets, no matter how many order installation is just one low cost. And if you don't have an eye for design, Blinds.com experts are always available to help choose the style and color right for you. Everything they sell is covered by their perfect fit and 100% satisfaction guarantee. With hundreds of styles and colors to choose from, Blinds.com is sure to have the perfect treatments for your windows. Shop Blinds.com's anniversary sale right now through March 13th for up to 50% off. Again, save up to 50% off for limited time at Blinds.com. And when you check out, don't forget to tell them you heard about them at The Ben Shapiro Show. Rules and restrictions may apply. For example, last night on CNN, you had Allison Camerata, and she was grilling the mayor of a uh, of a Missouri town on why he opposed a mask mandate. Now, the reason to oppose a mask mandate at this point for the vaccinated is because the vaccinated are vaccinated. Okay, and and the idea that we are going to force people who are vaccinated to mask up to protect the unvaccinated who have had every opportunity to go get the vaccine and still have the opportunity to go va- get the vaccine. The data to support a mask mandate on the vaccinated is really, really weak at best. And it is a serious violation of freedom for people who did the thing that you they were supposed to do. But here are the hosts of CNN, Allison Cameron and Victor Blackwell, trying to browbeat the, the Wildwood mayor, Jim Ballin, saying, you know, you need a mask mandate. And you need it right now. Please explain why you think that a mask mandate is necessary from the government at this time. Seriously, they won't. They'll just browbeat him. I just want to give people a status report of where your county is. Um, Hospitalizations are up. The number of people in ICUs are up. The number of people on ventilators are up. So why not make people wear masks indoors for a little while until you get the numbers down? Let me ask you, and I I don't mean this to be insulting, but we've had some people who have been against local mask mandates answer this question in a way that would lead us in a different part of the the conversation. Do you believe that masks work to block and, and mitigate the virus? People are dying in St. Louis County. They're on ventilators. They're in the hospital. And so if you don't believe in mask mandates and you don't believe in vaccine mandates, then how are you gonna get out of this? Okay, so that is not journalism at this point. This is just browbeating. By the way, I'm looking right now at St. Louis County, the number of deaths, the seven-day rolling average in St. Louis County of deaths, is according to the New York Times, one. That is the seven-day rolling average in St. Louis County. What you get from CNN is people are dying. Everyone's saying, by the way, this guy's answer was actually quite good, right? His answer was, if the standard is now going to be that every time there's an uptick in COVID and without vaccinations and so forth, it stays around in perpetuity, presumably, We'll be doing masks in perpetuity forever. He is correct. Emergency authority is to be used when there is an emergency. And if you prolong the emergency by suggesting that people who don't do what you say are the emergency, you have now created the impetus to cram down whatever you want for all time. And the left is in love with this. You're going to see them do this on global warming. You're going to see them do this on quote unquote income inequality. You're going to see them do this with regards to the quote unquote racial reckoning. Everything is an emergency. And if it's an emergency, you require emergency powers. And the emergency can never end because any if anyone opposes you, their mere presence on the world stage is the emergency, even if the externalities no longer exist because everyone has the ability to get a vaccine if you're an adult. Okay, this is a power grab, pure and simple. It is scary and it should frighten anybody who gives a damn about baseline freedom in the United States.
Alrighty, we'll be back here a little bit later today with an additional hour of content. Plus, remember, tonight we are doing a live signing over at dailywire.com. So become a member and also buy a copy of my brand new book. And when you do, when you go over to dailywire.com slash Ben and you buy a signed copy of my book, you can ask a question. Maybe we'll answer it for you tonight during the live book signing. Also coming up soon, the Matt Wall Show airs at 1.30 p.m. Eastern. Be sure to check it out over at dailywire.com. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe too. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Andrew Clavin Show, The Michael Knowles Show, and The Matt Walsh Show. Thanks for listening. The Ben Shapiro Show is produced by Elliot Feld. Executive producer, Jeremy Boring. Our supervising producer is Mathis Glover. Production manager, Pavel Wydowski. Associate producer, Bradford Carrington. Post producer, Justin Barber. The show is edited by Adam Saievitz. Audio is mixed by Mike Coromina. Hair and makeup is by Fabiola Cristina. Production assistant, Jessica Kranz. The Ben Shapiro Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2021. John Bickley here, editor-in-chief of Daily Wire. Wake up every morning with our new show, Morning Wire. On today's show, the Justice Department decides not to investigate nursing home deaths in 2020, House Democrats assemble a January 6th committee, and tensions rise as U.S. diplomats sit down with Chinese officials. Join us and get the facts first on the news you need to know with our show, Morning Wire. We'll get to more on this in just one second. First, Pure Talk believes in American values and that free should mean, you know, like free. So when you switch to Pure Talk today, you'll get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. There's no four-line requirement, no activation fee, just a free Samsung that's built to last with a rugged screen, quick charging battery, and top-tier data security. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigs of data, and a mobile hotspot. Pure Talk gives you phenomenal coverage on America's most dependable 5G network. It's the same coverage you know and love, but for half the price of the other guys. The average family saves almost $1,000 a year. So, I challenge you to choose a company that actually doesn't hate your guts and shares your values. Let Pure Talk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make the switch today. Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro to claim your eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone and start saving on wireless today. Again, go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro to switch to my cell phone company. I've been using them for years. They're fantastic. You'll love them as well. Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro and claim your eligibility on that free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone. Start saving.